0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Below Average Joe's MMA podcast, episode number 117. It's Monday, July 12th, 2021, and we're on the come down right now. (laughs) (laughs) UFC 264 happened Saturday night, capped off with the trilogy bout between Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor. A lot to talk about from that card. Um, along with some fight announcements and things like that. But before we get into it, Dominic, how was your weekend? Did you get to watch the fight with with some friends? What's going on with you, man?
1: Yeah, man, it was was a good weekend filled with some fights. I mean, what a card it was. We talked about it on Friday from top to bottom, how good it was on paper. And then they went out and delivered on Saturday night with incredible fights through and through. Did get to watch with some buddies for the first time in a couple of weeks, which is always nice to have the gang together for a big pay-per-view. So it was a good weekend, man, and uh, I know you got to spectate those fights as well. What would you think?
0: Yeah, the, this card was awesome. I mean, I, I, you know, obviously I bought the card, and I had people, what was weird is I didn't have many people reaching out to me. When I say people, I mean, you know, a lot of my friends who aren't, like, very observant UFC fans, you know, they, they come in for the, they're the casual type fans, if that.
1: You're their um, official source.
0: Yeah, sure, sure. So in the lead up, I didn't really get a whole lot of, not a whole lot of people talking to me about it. I had like a couple guys asking for betting advice on it, which uh, <laughs> I don't know why they take my yeah. advice, but it did actually <laughs> end up working out. For I did actually give some good bets this. Uh, there you go. <laughs> for this fight. However, after the fight, I had everybody reaching out to me. People I hadn't spoken to in years. <laughs> I was rekindling friendships because of this fight. I love it. <laughs> but, uh no, it just, it just it really shows to me how many takeaways there are from this fight, you know, how controversial. Obviously, we're going to get into the, the meat and potatoes of all that. But, just if, if that, this fight felt like a big deal going in, but then coming out, it just feels like it's even bigger, almost. Yeah. Like a, like the the whole story encapsulating that main event and the way it ended, I think it's just a. Uh, it's going to be a long time. It's going to be a long time before it's replicated or, um, oh yeah, before it dies down. I feel like this is going to be a, a a big topic for weeks to come I as agree. we wait to hear about the status of McGregor and stuff like that. Right, but um. Oh, it was a good weekend. Um, the fights were fantastic. I had a couple people joke with me that I they, they they're like, "Yo, you must have feel like you wasted money on that fight." And I'm like, "No." I'm like, that "When card you're like us, awesome. you know, we don't buy the fight for one cup, one fight. You yeah, know, we buy it for the whole card, and that whole card delivered. And yeah. really, I thought the main event delivered for the most part, even if the ending went a little limp.
1: Right. Not to... No pun intended. <laughs> Anyways, <Yes. laughs>
0: um, I think now we might as well just hop right into our fight announcements. What do you say? Let's
1: do it. Now, Not, so not we, as many as last week, thankfully. Uh, not as many,
0: but actually quite a bit of, build, you know,
1: yeah. for, for a
0: quick turnaround, there's quite a bit here. Um, October going to be dominating the mm-hmm. our, our talk this week, but we actually start with August 7th. Next month's pay-per-view quickly approaching yeah. UFC 265. We got our first hype package for it on Saturday, so that was pretty cool. But I would say this is going to be our fifth main card fight to round out the, the those mm. five. It might be on the prelims. I don't know. But uh, according to the bout order right now, there's only four main card fights. Yeah, This true. one might neatly be placed in there. Rafael Fizayev, I believe is how you pronounce it. Uh, this is a scary man. Biggest that, One of the
1: biggest prospects there is. Yeah,
0: in that lightweight division, he's terrifying. And he's going up against Bobby King Green, Guy who we have been a big fan of as he's been on a bit of a resurgence, especially uh, during the kind of COVID era of the UFC. He was known as uh, a king of the apex there for a while. Um, He's came back down to earth after losing to like Tiago Moises and stuff like that, but he's still riding that wave right now. I think this is a really good matchup. Yeah. But. One that I have a hard time seeing the the, uh, the the true winning potential for someone like Bobby Green here.
1: Yeah, it's a good test for Fazayev just because it is a seasoned veteran that's been in there and done that. But Rafael is just so talented and such a great grappler, but also a really good striker. Really, anyone that wears the headgear to the octagon, like the Daggy Stanny guys, yeah. you're in some trouble if you're fighting them. So yeah. it is a tough fight for Bobby Green. Uh, but shout out to him for taking on these up-and-comers. And you never know, maybe you can put up a really good fight. But stylistically, again, I think it is a good test uh, for I to get, you know, a big name, quote-unquote, veteran of the game. So
0: Yeah, both guys ranked outside the top 15, I believe. Fizai have
1: stopped in the top 15, is he? No.
0: He's right there, though. He's right yeah, soon to
1: be, I'd say. So
0: um, a win there might jump him over someone on a losing streak, or he'll yeah. be matched up top fifteen next. Bobby Green, you got to think it's the same thing for him. He yeah. has looked really good over the last year for the most part. Even that Moises fight was really close, and now Moises yeah. is about the headline of card next week. So yeah. it's it just shows showing. what a win
1: over Bobby could do for Fazayev here.
0: True, that's true, and I do think that Bobby Green, um, due to his IQ due to mm-hmm. his experience could find a way. That's mm-hmm. kind of that's usually what happens here. Even if I have a hard time skill-wise seeing Green getting a win over Fazayev, you can never count out a veteran IQ and fight experience what that can do for someone. It's happened time and time again. Right. Following that, we jump all the way to October 2nd. That's gonna be the majority of these light, Tuesday heavyweight, season. light heavyweight prospects being matched up against each other. I don't know how I feel about it, but Jimmy Crute, he's being matched up with Jamal Hill. Hopefully both these guys' limbs are back okay. in order. It's time for the yeah. to fight. So uh, what do you think of this one? Because I'm a little conflicted.
1: See, I like it. But only – I know they're two of the biggest prospects in the weight class, but they are both coming off of losses, wacky losses, by the way. The the wobbly ankle from uh, Jimmy Crute against Anthony Smith and then Jamal Hill's – dislocated arm that somehow didn't break i don't know how against paul craig uh stylistically too that fight is just very enticing it does suck when we see two big name prospects going against each other so early on when down the line you could see it as a potential number one contender fight or something in a couple years but i I don't know man i like this for whatever reason it's just really exciting
0: yeah i i i definitely think on paper it'll be a fun fight and um, you know, whoever gets to win there is going to be probably who the UFC delves probably even more time. Deeper in into, yeah. Yeah, they're like, all right, this is our guy for light like, heavyweight right now.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so I get it. Both guys coming off of losses. You know, Jamal Hill suffered the first loss of his career in a pretty brutal fashion, one-sided fashion to the Bear Jew, Paul yeah. Craig, so no slouch there. And Jimmy Crute coming off his second loss in the UFC, but one where – There there was more excuses you could make. Even if Anthony Smith, as great as he looked in that first round, you just – you kind of felt unfulfilled. Mm -hmm. In a lot of ways, that fight, the way it kind of went, it wasn't as one –
1: how do I word this? I get where you're going,
0: I think. I was going to compare it to the main event of Saturday, but uh, I don't want to go any further. I just want to say that, like (laughs) – I, I I definitely had those unfulfilled kind of feelings of that fight between Smith and Crew, yeah. even though Anthony Smith clearly won the first round, was clearly doing a lot of damage to Jimmy Crew, looked really good, so can't take a win away from him. Mm-hmm. But for Jimmy Crew, he has the the least bad loss that he's coming into the cage with, you know. Yeah, he has the built in excuses. I'm not saying he's using them. For Jamal Hill suffering your first professional loss in the fashion he did on the yeah. stage that he did, can he come back from that? That's going to be a question I'm going to have to see answered. Right. Good way to put it. A week later on October 9th, I, we might have talked about this on the podcast, but um, getting the kind of confirmation that this will be a five-round headliner on October like that. 9th. Mackenzie Dern versus Marina Rodriguez. You got to think this is a title eliminator, right? yeah I two. agree. Yeah. I mean, we've seen the growth in Mackenzie Dern's game. Obviously, her jiu-jitsu is spectacular. Next level, yeah. But even she's become more confident of a striker over the last few fights. You know, for a lot of people, considering her background is in jujitsu, she kind of got unfairly labeled as someone who would be uh, afraid to stand and trade. But she's proved in the Jandagoba yep. fight. And, you know, even in a fight she lost to Amanda Hiba, she proved yep. that, like, she can stand with the best of them. Now though, she's going up against <sighs> another level of striker Marina yeah. Rodriguez. However, Marina Rodriguez's biggest deficiencies have always been when she has someone who can take her to the ground. Yep. She's a bit of a she's a bit lost when she gets there. I would like to think and hope that over the last year, because the last time we really saw her be put there was against Carlos Barza right. about a year ago. I would hope that Marina has made some improvements in that area to where at least If she's there, maybe she knows ways to get back up because Mm -hmm. it did not go well for her. That's Anytime she's lost or had a draw, it's always because her deficiencies on the ground have held her back.
1: And Yeah, and we saw in her fight most recently with Michelle Watterson, the lone success of the fight for Michelle was when she was able to take Marina down to the ground and hold her there. Outside of that, Marina really did it all on the feet outside of one moment in the fifth round from Michelle as well. So it is a very – it's a striker-grappler matchup, but it is, in my opinion, a title eliminator as well. Two women that are really coming into their all right now, into their primes of their careers. It's a huge fight. I love the fact that it's a main event. They both are deserving of it. This will be McKenzie's first main event. Now Rodriguez going on two straight main events. I love this matchmaking here. Again, in October too. hopefully by then, we hope – or we'll have a fight announcement for Rose and Carla. And then here's your clear-cut number one contender after that is what I'm hoping. So it's perfect on all aspects for me.
0: Mm -hmm. Agreed. Also, October 30th is the big one. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe this is the headliner for that card. We get Hamzat Shemaev, who will be back. And what's crazy is (laughs) this is going to be about a year since the last time we saw Hamzat in the octagon. A man that fought three times in like a month. Yes, has now went a full calendar year crazy fighting. That's the effects of COVID and whatnot have really, really halted um, Hamzat's momentum. But it's clear once his announcement got made and all the excitement around it, this guy's still gonna. If he wins here, he's gonna get right back on track. Oh but yeah, it's not gonna be easy. He's going up against the top fifteen ranked, the leech Li mm. Jingliang. I think this matchup is perfect. It's not yes. one that came to mind. You know, clearly we've never really pitched this fight. So good on the matchmakers at the UFC for being able to put this fight together. But Jing Liang, pretty fresh into the top 15, but we know how good he can be. He's a guy that really does like the bully people in the Octagon. Mm-hmm. It's going up against the biggest new bully on the block, <laughs> yeah. Hamzat Chimaev. So I, I'm interested in that. I'm also interested in the fact that Jing Liang is a very durable fighter. If you beat him, you gotta take him all fifteen minutes. Yes. Yeah, you can't just put him out. Now you're going five rounds with him. Your Hamza Chimayev, who has really made quick work of his UFC opponents, can he help? you know who's gonna be a benefit to that fight when if it gets into rounds three, four, five? because Hamzat's had a lot of problems with COVID.
1: Yeah, are there um, still effects from it, yeah. you know? And
0: then Jing Liang, I, I have no doubt that guy's going to be fucking built for it. So yeah. Uh, any any other thoughts on that fight?
1: Uh, truthfully, just quickly, this is the type of fight I felt should have been next for Hamzat all along, rather than when they were trying to push him toward Leon. This is the one that would have made more sense, and now that they're doing it, I like that they're pulling it back. It's it's a good warm-up fight, quote-unquote, but it's not an easy fight at all for Hamzat. Mm -hmm. It's one that he could still match up well stylistically with Jing Liang, but at the same time could very well be tested by far the most he ever has been. Again, two perfect matchups back-to-back here.
0: Yeah, well said. That's going to wrap it up for our fight announcements. and uh, Now it's really all UFC 264 talk here for this MMA weekend recap. And there's no better way to start than with this main event. Uh, this trilogy bout, it ends in controversy. But before we get into really the controversy of it all, Dom, I'm going to lay out kind of the action we saw.
1: Yes, let's discuss and, the round.
0: And then we'll get into it. So ultimately, Dustin Poirier TKO's Conor McGregor via uh, Dr. Stoppage. Uh, so the round, it ends at the end of the first round. So five minutes round one is what's credited as yep. the win there. Um <clears throat> Very quickly, bout starts. Connor does look great early on and uh, he, he looks like he's back in his more natural, I guess body stance. Yeah, kick baby. heavy for sure, throwing a lot of spitting kicks and they're landing flush, landing on the body. Good stuff from him early. Um, once Dustin finds the range, he starts landing some really good combinations of his own. Mm-hmm. Um, he starts putting some pressure on Connor. And then Connor clenches up. That's when you see what ultimately leads to Connor putting a guillotine on uh, Dustin. That's even though it's in tight with his hands, he doesn't really quite have the leg positioning yeah, to yeah. Uh, secure it. So Dustin, being smart, walked along the cage, able to kind of walk along the cage and get to the opposite side of Connor's body to kind of stop that. And ultimately, it was a risk for Connor to do it. Ended yeah. up not paying off because for the next three minutes,
1: he was punished for it.
0: was, was <laughs> definitely landing some really nice ground and pound, um, hard elbows, and it, you know this it, this is where I've seen some comparisons to the Habib fight due to this mm-hmm. sequence, and that's fair. I think it really showed maybe that Connor is just not the best fighter when he's having to defend off his back. I mean, yeah, he he was trying. Don't get me wrong, but you know he he doesn't really. he's not able to really get these guys off of him, and he's not able to really control their posture and he couldn't get up either. So you see for the next three minutes, Dustin for the most part beating the shit out of Connor. However, Connor does land some nice up kicks. Some of that might've been elbows. Some of that might've been due to, uh, fingers in the glove, but I digress. (laughs) Um, so with about less than 20 seconds left in the round, um, the, What I was just talking about—the fingers in the glove. Dustin like looks at Herb. He's like, "Hey, he's putting his fingers in my glove and pulling me
1: to the kick."
0: Yeah, Yeah. into the up kicks, which could have ended very bad. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So while he's saying that, her that allows Connor a chance to stand up, and then uh, they both miss on a on a right handed shot. But when they, even when they miss, Connor basically breaks his shin at the very bottom, like, towards the the ankle area, and uh, just drops in a heap. Dustin pounces on him, but the round ends. Um, He can't continue, and that's it. So now that I've laid that out for you, Dom, what are your thoughts about, obviously, not the ending that anybody wants, Yeah. but what were your thoughts on this one round that we got? And ultimately, the ending itself. How does that factor in to what happens next?
1: The round so much so reminded me of Oliveira Chandler. That one round of just absolute chaos, man. Where both mm-hmm. guys have a couple good moments. Again, Connor came out very kick heavy, like old school Connor. And just like we had mentioned on Friday's episode, he came out with heavy leg kicks, just like he did against Diaz in their rematch. Uh, but Dustin. Granted, they were landing. None of them were like the hard calf kicks. They were kind of like the OG leg kicks where they'd land mm-hmm. on the knee or the thigh. Yeah. Uh, so really no damage was too bad to Dustin. No limping or anything that was noticeable. Uh, and then, yeah, Dustin hurt Connor on the feet. Uh, Connor did land one good shot with the hands, a good left cross that caught Dustin. But outside of that, Dustin really got the best of all the boxing exchanges too. Hurt Connor on the feet, which engaged into that clinch that Noah talked about. And from there, it was all Dustin outside of a couple good elbows from the bottom and, you know, the the gilly for a few seconds and then the questionable up kicks. But uh, I thought Dustin really looked very well-rounded, very well-prepared, and he really put on a great performance. It does suck, uh, obviously, for Connor, whether you love the guy or hate the guy. He's done so much for the sport, clearly, and just what he's done, bringing fans in. Uh, so you hate to see it go out like that, even with all the nasty trash talk. You hate to see a guy snap his leg, right? But it it sucks for Dustin just as much because he was having a great performance on the biggest night of his life, and now there's always going to be a couple question marks. Uh, Granted, Noah and I will kind of explain why there's not so many for us, but at the end of the day, there are going to be plenty of people that are like, oh, well, they need to fight again, or Dustin didn't legitimately win. But the one round that we got to see was a clear round win for Dustin, so much so two of the three judges even scored at a 10-8 no, I'll let you go in a little bit more on why we think it is not as questionable for us to necessarily.
0: Yeah, if you're if you're listening to this or watching this, and um, you're a huge Conor McGregor fan, or you're one of the if you're just in that camp of people that are unsatisfied to the point where you're like, this needs to be run back. Um, this is not the ending that this is not a clear ending, not a definite ending, whatever. That's fine. You're totally entitled to that kind of opinion. And I'm not gonna like try to convince anybody otherwise because there's not really a right answer here. Like, I mean, people can feel however they want to feel. Here's how I'm someone who is unbiased about this fight. I like both guys. I just wanted to see a good fight. From my perspective, I look at it like the ankle break or the shin break, whatever you want to call it, unfortunate. But things do happen in the octagon, and what we got before that was a one round that was clearly in mm-hmm. Dustin's favor. Whether you think it was 10-9, 10-8, it doesn't matter. Connor or Dustin was clearly winning the majority of that round. Yeah. Ankle breaks. Okay, there's no if ands, or buts about what would have happened in round two or round three because, unfortunately, the ankle or – I keep saying the ankle the tibia the, <laughs> the shin breaks and that's that's it i mean that's that's all you get the only time that i would take away a win or a, in my head be like oh that's not a real win is if you look at like a chris weidman versus uriah hall fight where no no disrespect to uriah hall yeah. but literally weidman threw the first leg kick of the fight 18 seconds in yeah. shatters his leg fight over to me, that's like okay, that's a win with an asterisk. I mean, sure, it's gotta be a win because so the fight's over. Yeah. But it not really a win that you can hang your hat on. Here, though, you get a whole round that's very clearly goes one way. And if it was a very even first round, then maybe you'd have more of an argument in my eyes. But still, Dustin clearly won this round. Therefore, in my eyes, he won the fight, he won the trilogy. Yeah. You move on. Yes. But that doesn't appear to be what everybody else is thinking. So, Dom, we know what's next for Dustin. He fights for the lightweight belt against Charles Oliveira. And what we'll talk about fight. We can talk about that. But I think we need to start. <laughs> what do you think about okay? How do I how do I worry this here? <laughs> So we saw in the post-fight presser and then a lot of the talk online was there's a lot of people out there thinking this should be ran back a fourth time. No. Well, can you let me finish. Oh, sorry. I didn't want you to I didn't want you to give away how you felt so quickly. Sorry, but, sorry. Uh, so they want it to be ran back a fourth time. My question for you is, is there any scenario where that should be the case where that will happen? Do you think there is – do you think this that will happen, that this will be ran back and forth time? And ultimately, do you think it should happen?
1: Uh, I don't think it should happen, but there are scenarios where it could. Um, I truthfully, personally, just have no interest in it anymore, to be honest. Uh, this one was really special, the lead up. and uh, But it got really ugly. And, you know, I'm OK with trash talking stuff. But when it gets super ugly, especially towards a guy like Dustin that doesn't really deserve that, it's just uncomfortable for all teams and like Connor didn't make himself look any better either. So you hate that for him. And, uh, but there are scenarios. I mean, let's say Dustin goes out, loses to Charles and, you know, we don't know how long Connor's going to be out. I would have to imagine. Whew, I mean, so I,
0: I, saw someone say nine months would be, uh,
1: yeah. I mean, anywhere it. between nine months to a year. I mean, his a bone snapped in half at the end of the day, going through surgery today, the day we're recording this, but You know, say Poirier were to go out and lose to Charles, then maybe. But at that point, does Dustin really want to continue fighting? Because he's already kind of said how he doesn't really love all this stuff anymore outside of the fight itself. Should he lose to Charles, would he ever be in a circumstance to maybe earn another title fight? I mean, maybe, because he is still at the top of the heap. Um, I truthfully just feel that if Connor were to fight again, there's no rhyme or reason why we can't finally settle the trilogy that people have asked for for years between him and Nate it's just the fight that makes more sense to me both guys are coming off of you know losses back-to-back losses at that and uh it's just I have no intrigue in it I don't think it's as marketable anymore I mean obviously Connor's gonna bring in draws no matter what right he's Conor McGregor at the end of the day but uh yeah I'm not big on the idea of it Uh, Dustin and Charles Oliveira for the title Is one of the best feel-good story title fights we'll ever see. I can't wait for that to happen. Hopefully by the end of the year, and I can just hope for a speedy recovery to Connor. Should he return, I'll obviously be watching. Um, And even Poirier kind of said in the post-fight, too. Yeah, I could see we're going to fight again, whether it's in the octagon or in the street. Blah blah blah. Um, But should I win the title and Connor comes back, like he's not just going to jump in and fight me? Like you're one and three at lightweight, you have to at least win one or two to earn a title fight. So uh, we'll see what happens, man. I think it all comes down to timing at the end of the day, but long story short, that was super long winded. I have no intrigue in it. I think there's still other fights out there that are big for Connor and for Dustin just continue with the legacy and the belts at this point. So
0: well said for me, the fourth fight to me, I'm, I i do not care. I am. I'll put it like this. I I could sit here and tell you guys that I have no interest in a fourth fight, and that I think you know, kind of like what you were saying, Dom. Like, um, oh, the lead up wouldn't be as exciting or whatever. But I said a lot of those same things about them running it back immediately a third time, and look what ended up happening. They made it feel like a huge spectacle this week, and Mm -hmm. the lead up, I I really bought into it after being not on board with it after. The second fight ended. Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, I guess maybe more so now after this one. I just don't see as much from Connor anymore either. I don't know, man.
0: Um, so just to kind of continue, because uh, it's really not my. I mean, I who cares if I'm interested in it or not. Really, what matters is um, will this fight happen? Where you know where does it fit in? And you're right, timing is going to be a huge. Factor here because there's a lot of what ifs, and that's that'll kind of determine if this fight happens. Um, we'll see how long Connor's going to be out. Um, I know Dom Dom's definitely been on like the the end. That's like okay, this could be like a year. Um, I was seeing like six to nine months type range. So I mean, uh, who knows? But I think that Dustin has to fight for his belt next. He fights Charles Oliveira. If he wins, I don't think you see this fight again in the octagon.
1: Mm.
0: <laughs> Maybe it happens on the street. I don't know. Right, right. But if he loses to Charles Oliveira, then I think that's literally the next fight they do for Dustin. I really do, and he's gonna take it because it's a yeah. huge payday, and yeah. he wants to punish McGregor some more for what he yeah. said. Yeah, um, and McGregor wants that back because he's he's got definitely gonna be jaded by this experience I mean if you really think about it yes I, I know that Connor got a little dirty with the trash talk um, but in a lot of ways this all started because he got called out due to uh, by Dustin publicly for the um, the lack of donation mm-hmm. to his charity that was where all this kind of bad blood started up again yeah so in connor's eyes he looks at it like i'm not really the bad guy here like dustin's the the asshole i'm just you know i'm just defending my honor kind of thing so really like you could i can see where either one of these guys like i know dustin seems like a really good guy and i know that you're a pretty big dustin fandom So. Trying not to, I'm trying to tread lightly on you over there. You're, you're good, but, but I, but I know that like nobody to me like the, even though it kind of felt like Connor was like a villain in this fight, I really never looked at it that way. Um, these are both just guys trying to sell a fight or mm-hmm. whatever, and obviously it. I think the ble- the bad blood's real. I, I mean, I think that was proven after the fight, where oh, I was yeah. shocked the way Dustin after the fight was. It's like he was going down. at him, like yeah. sit down, you bitch, and stuff yeah. like that. His wife flipped Connor off when they were mm-hmm. leaving the cage. Yeah. Madness. But <laughs> while Connor's sitting on the ground, he's like, Your wife was in my DMs. Yeah, it it's was like, ugly. All right, all right, dude, Let's I don't like it. it. I hate it, man. Um, so I think if, if Dustin loses a title fight to Charles at the end of the year or whatever, I think they run it back a fourth time as the next fight for both men. But if Dustin wins the belt, I just I don't see Dustin allowing Connor. It's gonna be like when Habib beat Connor and he's like, Well, if he can come back and And earn it, earn it. Yeah, Connor just refuses to kind of play by those rules anymore.
1: So can I pose you one question? Sure. Yeah, you know, depending on Connor's comeback and the recovery and everything. And let's say that we don't get Poirier McGregor. Is there a fight that sticks out to you that you would like to see Conor fight before it's all said and done for his career?
0: Um, the Nate Diaz trilogy. I mean, there's really okay. no other fight.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm sure there are other fights you could make, but that's Just not that's as one, big. That's one where they're both in similar places again. Yep. You know, neither guy should be fighting for a belt right now. They both have had a bit of a skid in their yeah. recent bouts. Um, they fight again because it's a trilogy that should have been completed a long time ago. but. Yeah. Since Conor, you know, went off and boxed Floyd Mayweather, uh, among other things, he just never really got to see it. Now would be the time to do it. That 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 would be
1: a great fight.
0: Yeah, You guys are one in one. There's another trilogy you can cap off if you want.
1: And I truthfully, maybe this is a hot take, maybe not. We'll I'll see what you think at least. But I think the McGregor Diaz trilogy would be bigger than like Conor going to fight Dustin for a fourth time. I'm in my opinion. That's a, what are your thoughts? Is it too hot or right no, on the uh, – I don't earth? think
0: it's too hot. I think it's debatable for sure. Yeah. Like I definitely yeah. don't think there's a clear – maybe for some people they would look at us like we're stupid. I don't know. Like, I,
1: now, if Dustin were to go get the belt and they fought for a belt, that could be a let's, different story. Let's put it like
0: this. I was surprised the fact that the rematch between Connor and Dustin did more than the rematch between Connor and Nate. Paper True. Levi's. True. I um, mean, this trilogy apparently—I don't know what the numbers are, but Dana said it was trending towards 1.7 to 1.8 million, which That's would big. put it second yeah. all time. Yeah, yeah. So, because of that, would a fourth fight do better than that? I'd have a hard time seeing it. Yeah, yeah. But who knows? I didn't think this third fight, and I—I I know it's hard to, for us to put ourselves back in that January mm-hmm. headspace, but we yeah. both thought this third fight. Wasn't going to quite live up when it came to the hype
1: and the. And it was uh, so much bigger, it and it was so much bigger.
0: So it a lot of it depends on the promotional side, um, but I think a fourth fight you could. <laughs> Let's. I saw someone. Uh, I think it was Luke <laughs> Thomas said this. And just imagine they, they book a fourth fight. Here was what the the build up would be. No, oh, no. Connor Connor won round one of their first fight. He wins round one of their second fight. Dustin wins round two of their second fight and round one of their third fight, so they're technically so still tied. <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: so, gosh!
0: Uh, I, I, that is that. So we did, real. for the
1: fifth for the fourth fight. We do a one round five minute fight. That's it. That's all we get. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: That uh, I saw that and I, I started. I was dying laughing. I was <laughs> like, "Oh my god, that's really what they're gonna do, isn't it?"
1: Let, let us. I'm gonna pose this to the uh, to our listeners. If you're watching. Mm-hmm. Lo- Watching YouTube or whatever, let us know in the comments or send us in voice messages or a question. What do you think would be bigger for like a comeback fight for Conor? The trilogy with Nate or a fourth fight with Dustin? Let us know. I'm I'm
0: definitely curious what people would think because
1: yeah, in my
0: head I want to say the Diaz trilogy, but you're coming off of. I mean, the the second fight with Nate happened in 2016, but one of the best
1: fights ever.
0: I agree. But both guys have really kind of went their separate ways. And, again, I know if they booked it, they would get right back to where they were back in 2016 to, like, fuck you. I don't care. (laughs) I don't give a fuck, like all this stuff. Um, And the UFC would do a great job promoting it, so it probably wouldn't be huge. But just right now, I have no clear – I think there's more of a built-in story for the trilogy than a fourth fight with Dustin. I agree. In my opinion, I don't know. We digress. Yeah. So uh, let's move into our next headline here. It's actually not going to be the co main event. We'll talk about it in a bit. Long mm. live the shoey, baby.
1: Why didn't we come prepared and do one for the episode? That's what we should have done. <laughs> God.
0: Um, you know what's crazy is I definitely would be the type to do it. I'm, I'm I could definitely see you doing a shoey. Yeah, I'm shocked I'm you haven't yet. <laughs> I'm definitely a nasty fuck like that to do something like that. Um, however, the shoey, for those of you that don't know, is when you uh, – and I don't know how if – you're, if you're watching this and you don't know what a shoey is, um, where were you last night? I didn't you – Yeah, didn't you were watching. Because you pour a beer into a random shoe. It can't be your own – I mean, I guess it can no. be. Well, yeah. But it's supposed to be a random person's shoe. Yeah,
1: and stinky then, or not.
0: And then you down it. Yeah. And now, once you graduate – that's that's white belt shoeys. <laughs> yeah. When you get the black belt Chewies like tied to has guy, that's when you start having 50 people. He said he did a shoey one time that 50 people spit in.
1: That's uh <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And then now oh, we're right. adding extra ingredients. We're putting hot sauce into shoeys now and stuff too. I mean
0: whoo. he's patient zero for COVID nineteen. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that's where that's where it started. It wasn't uh, a lab
1: in China or wherever people think
0: it started. It was and it's Taituvasa bam, bam. Shui. Um, <laughs> oh, regardless, Taituvasa gets a huge knockout win over Greg Hardy. A minute, I didn't put. I, I have my phone right here. But it was a minute seven seconds around number one. Ooh. I think I'll pull
1: it up as you discuss.
0: Anyways, this fight was quick. It's a minute seven seconds. Knockout. Minute seven. There you
1: go. Yeah. <laughs> nice voice crack. Anyway. <clears throat> I was just gonna go with it. It's
0: fun. <laughs> but uh, this fight was quick, as many like us predicted. Yeah, uh, it was violent. It was brutal. It was fun. Iwasa <laughs> landing some. He has some very underrated uh, leg kicks, mm-hmm. um, and you saw those were hurting Greg Hardy immediately. Um, throwing a lot of power behind those kicks. Uh, Hardy uh, comes forward, lands a great two punch combination that rocks to Iwasa pretty bad. To takes a couple steps back. Greg comes rushing in, misses with the right hand, I believe, that kind of puts him sideways yeah. to Tui. And then, so that way Tui, he doesn't see Tui Vasa just throw a crazy Bam. left hand yeah. over the top, and it just puts the lights out on Greg Hardy. Stiff,
1: Harden. like fell down stiff. It was yeah. it was crazy. It
0: flash KO'd him because he came right back too, but uh, yeah. it was enough to get the win there. That's and three Bassa, in a row now for
1: Tui Vasa. Yeah,
0: this guy started his UFC career on a three-fight winning streak then yep. He went on a three fight losing streak. Yep. Now he's back with the three fight winning streak. So what's
1: next? A three fight losing? No, I'm just no, kidding. I'm just nope.
0: kidding. <laughs> um, so this man proceeds to do about four shoes on his way out. One had hot Dustin Bourguet's <laughs> hot sauce
1: in it, and he goes, he was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> it was so funny, man. Then JP, he, our buddy, was watching with me. He about rolled on the ground laughing. Ty's trying to like wipe it off of his tongue.
0: Yeah. Oh man, I feel bad for whoever shoe that was. Like. It's one thing to have to walk around with the yeah, wet Yeah, there were two foot.
1: more fights left that night. What and do you do? Do you I mean, put the well, shoe back on?
0: Well, you have to, right? I mean, you can't I, just walk around with one shoe.
1: I don't know. What happens I mean, it'd in be, Vegas?
0: It'd be, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it sucks. It's like wet foot, you know. <laughs> but, like, imagine not just a wet foot, but then there's hot sauce in there. Like, bro.
1: The, oh, I would keep that shoe and just put it in a case and never touch it again. Like, if, imagine giving some
0: Tai to Vasa your all-white shoe. And it comes back with some orange shit on it from yeah. Dustin Poirier's hot sauce. Yeah. Um, regardless, let's talk about this fight for for a little bit because um, there is some stuff to talk about here. I want to start with the loser, actually, mm-hmm. Red um, You know, we 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 tend to keep the the personal stuff out of the off the show, so we're going to continue to do that. Here. We're just focusing on what happened in the octagon. We get it. Greg Hardy's nobody's favorite fighter. Um, he has not done a great job of uh, in his life of, yeah. I guess, making himself a fan favorite, if you will. However, he it's obvious that due to his past as a all pro defensive end in the NFL, that the UFC really wanted to kind of push that, push him, and try to capitalize on some of that marketability due to the fact that he's such a great athlete Mm -hmm. and he was crossing over from a different sport. Now that we're here where he has been knocked out, he's lost two straight. I believe he's four and four in the UFC. Is it, is it, is it, are we, are we, can we firmly say that this experiment is kind of over at least in the, and when I say over, I'm not saying Greg Hardy's going to get cut. What I'm saying is, is putting him in these high placements. A featured cards, bout, yeah, yeah. Like, do you feel like that's kind of done for him? Like, is he back to? Is he now just another guy in the in the machine, or is it just kind of inevitable that, like, due to maybe the amount they're paying him, that they're just going to give him these the spots regardless?
1: I mean, I feel he's a guy that you could still put like on a fight night, like main card but not like a co-main or like a main event. And, you know, should he go on a win streak, then yeah, he could easily get right back into the featured bouts on pay-per-views or a ranked fighter or whatever. But right now, I mean, he still wants to build on his career, it seems, and he wants to stick with it. So, you know, just hand him fights that are good. I mean, I thought this was a good stylistic fight. So, I mean, more fights like this, not necessarily like huge names or guys that are ranked and just keep feeding him some fights, get him experience. If he goes on a win streak, he does. And if not, then you know, it'll eventually fade out at the end of the day. And, But I think it is clear he's not going to be some crossover superstar anytime soon that maybe they originally thought mm-hmm. after his performances on the Contender Series. So,
0: Yeah, I, I don't want to, like, quite count him out. I mean, the guy yeah. is such a good athlete. And the exactly. fact that he's came so far so quickly, yes. I, this is weird. We're probably the only people that are going to really give – greg Hardy. a little bit of respect yeah because i think he deserves it i mean the guy by all accounts people around him the guy has taken his transition to mma very seriously yeah i think that shows not only is he a great athlete but his stand-up has usually looked very good i mean here he got pretty carried away because he hurt
1: he He did hurt hurt
0: on the feet but rushed in got caught yeah however um for the most part, his stand-up has looked really good, very powerful. It's just his ground game's weak, yeah. and his cardio is weak. So we just got to – I mean, over time, he can definitely get better at those aspects and make – I mean, I I don't want to even count him out and say, like, this guy could be a top-15 heavyweight. He could be a top-10 yeah. heavyweight. I mean, it's just going to take time. Exactly. And I just don't know if they're really doing him any favors by giving him so much kind of – There really, there's been so many eyes on all these Greg Hardy fights that, yeah, uh, just let the guy fight. It's kind of like he just needs some time to, like, I mean, this guy had maybe what one fight outside the UFC,
1: yeah, Uh, that's it, literally it. (laughs) I mean,
0: this guy's really a a novice trying to figure it out,
1: you know, yeah. Um,
0: but for Tui Vasa, top 15's got to be next,
1: right? 100%.
0: 100%. And I, I don't really have a name in mind, I just I'm happy for Ty Tuivasa. He's one of my favorite guys in in this heavyweight division. You know, guys like him and Andrei Orlovsky are my boys. And for Tuivasa, a year ago, I remember – I don't remember if it was him or his manager, but someone in his camp basically came out and confirmed that he had been released from the UFC.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That turned out to not be true, so I'm not sure what happened there. But – The UFC gives him after being off for like a year after that three fight skid, they gave him a fight at UFC two fifty four against Stefan Struve, who was a veteran in his own right, a guy who'd been there, done that. Tui Vasa gets a huge KO. Yeah. And he gets put up with Harry Hunsucker out of Kentucky. Shout out Kentucky. (laughs) Shout out Kentucky. Knocks out Hunsucker. And then here gets another big knock out of Greg Hardy. It's nice to see that Tui Vasa's kind of back, you know, just He's such an exciting guy, and he has such a good connection, positive connection with the the fans, the shoeys, Everybody loves them. Um, so I just want to see, I want to see this guy keep going. You know?
1: Uh, I can I throw f- one at you? Yeah. What are your thoughts on a guy like Walt Harris who's on a skid, going back, and Ty gets an opportunity to fight up like that? One that would kind of make sense, or is that too mean to Walt Harris? Because I think that's still a fight uh, Walt could win. I mean-
0: i mean what else are, if walt harris wants to continue to fight i mean what else are you
1: gonna do it's that type of fight and it's a big I mean, fight everybody watches to
0: like don't get me wrong could walt harris could slap sure but he could also hurt yeah. he's quite the athlete himself Oh,
1: well, every one of walt's finishes have been by fin or yeah <laughs> have been by ko so
0: i mean it's the appropriate step back for walt harris but also it's the appropriate step forward for Tuivasa yeah. vasa right now um I don't know how far Tui Vasa can take this skill set he has. You know, he's got some deadly power, great underrated leg kicks. That's definitely something that I think uh, people are going to have to figure out here soon about him. But, you know, not a guy that loves the ground game.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right. Um,
0: Also probably doesn't have the the best cardio in the world. So I don't know if I necessarily see this guy ever contending for a title, but I want to find out. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna exactly. be by. I'm gonna be on his team every step of the way because as, yes. he's too fun. You know, he's just he really does have that kind of that that quality that you look yeah. for in a in a star. You know, so I agree. Um, loved loved that fight. Loved I literally put on my Snapchat. I took a picture. I of, that, of the yeah. banner when it had their the the pre fight graphic, and I said, and this is no disrespect to Greg Hardy. I just said it because I love Tytuevoss. I said. I need a a win plus Shuey right now, or else I'm going to riot. And, and then you not, got not it. Even, and then literally a few minutes, like not even a minute later, um, I'm like sitting there like, fuck yeah, like you want <laughs> And he gets up on the cage and starts doing yeah. this. Beat. I'm like fumbling my phone. I'm like, i got to <laughs> take a video of
1: this. <laughs> it was like Stone Cold on the top of the ring doing his <laughs> yeah. beers. That's what it was like.
0: Yeah, so very fun stuff there. Um, but let's get into our last headline here, and that's going to be Sean O'Malley and Chris Moutinho ended up having a bit of a fight of the night type
1: banger here. It was nuts.
0: Uh, we call it, the headline says, the real life Rocky Balboa. <laughs> um, that's going to be really, the headline here is yeah, you know Sean O'Malley TKO's Chris Moutinho in round three, four minutes, 33 seconds in. But the story here was all Moutinho. What the a tough guy,
1: son of a bitch.
0: Takes this fight on one week notice, making his UFC debut. Quit his job Mm -hmm. for this fight, and he nearly goes the distance after taking a historical beating. Yeah, yes, and just kept coming back like a zombie. Yeah, I mean, Kev, you know, green-haired zombie, man. Yes, yes. People were calling him green-haired. That's what Joe Rogan said on the,
1: on the commentary.
0: This guy, I, you know, it was obvious this was a mismatch, and I'm not going to blame the UFC or Sean O'Malley for putting this fight together. Right. It, this we is talked a kid, about this. This is a kid willing to step up for 135 pounds on a week's notice. Yeah. Deal with it, fucking losers. Like, just deal with it. <laughs> God, I'm so annoyed. Anyways, this fight was great. And it was very one-sided, but Moutinho just kept coming forward. And by the end of the second round, man,
1: he I was tired, tiring
0: Sean, yeah. Sean looked pretty gassed. Like, he was like, dude, okay, this guy will not go away. <laughs> yeah. he's, like, I, he's like, I regret dribbling the basketball in the first round, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then round three, Sean came out and probably had his best round of the fight.
1: Y'all you know, looked so, so good.
0: So, so, honestly, I do think there's some positive takeaways if you're Sean O'Malley here. But Moutinho... Earned himself a contract. Give that man, give that man. He got a seventy-five k bonus for fight of the night. So shout out to him for that. Um, They said he had previous fights at flyweight. I actually would like to see him go down. Yeah, Sean looked way
1: bigger, didn't he? Yeah.
0: So uh, I would definitely like to see that. But if not, you know, I'm sure Sean's kind of a big bantamweight, tall, lanky bantamweight in general. But uh, Moutinho did look quite a bit smaller here, so I'd like to see him at flyweight. What were your thoughts on this fight, Dom? And um, I know you didn't agree with it being fight of the night, but uh, kind of overall, the what, what did you think of this performance and um, I mean, where they go from here?
1: Well, Sean O'Malley, no matter – you can't say, oh, he's just fighting some guy making his debut – you, you know how hard that probably is still to put on a performance like he did. He landed what eighty plus percent of his strikes. It was over
0: eighty percent of his yeah, strength. like you know. over
1: two hundred and twenty strikes he landed. It was nuts. It was his a record. Output, his accuracy, yeah, it was
0: a record. The most the most in a three round fight.
1: Ever. Yeah, absolutely nuts. So uh it was a great performance by Sean, and it's more so discredit to Chris Moutino, The green haired zombie couldn't be put away, even when the fight was stopped by Herb Dean. He was on his feet, and Herb said, this is enough. I can't see any more strikes that so landed. I could see it going either way. I was upset in the moment because I was like, oh, there's just 20 seconds left. Let him, let him keep going. But then I was like, okay, I, I get it. I get it why you stopped it at the same time. So I'm on the fence either way. Do it that way you will. You can't take anything away from Chris Muttino. He couldn't have had a better debut outside of taking less damage and getting a win. He proved everyone how tough he is, how big his heart is, and that he truthfully does have – some decent strikes. I mean, he landed on Sean, some good right hooks as he was moving. So uh, imagine the guy on a full camp. He definitely earned a contract. Another fight, another main card fight, for God's sake. Keep him on a main card uh, of a fight night or something. But uh, Sean O'Malley stole the show as usual. People tune in to watch him fight, and he put it on display again. His striking is, dare I say, next level for this Bantamweight division. It's special.
0: I like that, man. I, I definitely agree that eighty percent clip. I mean, That's if you're nuts. people are going to discredit Sean O'Malley for this fight, and I disagree completely. Yeah. I just want to get out in front on that. I didn't see it too much last night, but it, it's going to be there because we knew this was this is a bit of a mismatch. So of course, people think because of that, Sean O'Malley should be able to get this guy out of there in a one round. But when you nobody knew the kind of chin this kid had, and Obviously, he's coming in here looking for his big break. So yeah. that adds some heart to it. And Sean's trying to put on a really good performance. And he does. Landing at an extraordinary clip puts it on this kid. Many other
1: people would have been finished. Yeah. No doubt.
0: I'm, I mean, the only uh, chink in the armor that you saw for Sean was that he just looked like he was gassing a little bit. Yeah. Due to being on his bike the whole fight. Yeah. He was constantly I mean, on his. But that's uh, that's pretty much what's going to happen for any guy in that same situation. Yeah. Um, obviously, Moutinho did not have much striking defense here. He yeah. didn't necessarily land too many great shots. I thought the stoppage was very justified. I thought that fight could have been stopped around to get before it. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why I think the stoppage was very just in that moment, and a lot of people – there's a lot of people shit – People shit on Herb Dean for stopping fights too late. Damn if he does. Damn if he
1: don't, like, man. Come on, man.
0: Pick a yeah. side, people. But in this situation, I thought it was completely justified because in the lead up to the stoppage, Sean did land some like a nasty five or six comp- piece combination that was not blocked at all, all unanswered. And, yeah. and I mean, Moutinho literally looked like he was out on his feet. Don't get me wrong; would the kid probably have made it? Through the next twenty-seven seconds, I think it started with a like a like a almost like a moity knee. There's the a face. knee,
1: a bad one, and, yeah. and, and
0: Moutinho like got real wobbly off of yeah. it, and then Sean landing a few shots to the face, and none of them were blocked. So then I was like, okay, like you can stop it, right? Like, and people, I, I get it. We all bought in the kind of the story, like the the Rocky Balboa, as I clearly yeah. put in the headline here, like, oh, this kid's gonna make it. Be honest with yourselves, people. That kid had already Took a beating. Yeah. Took a historical beating, but he had already proven himself there. Those next 27 seconds don't fucking matter. Yeah. The kid earned himself more fights in the UFC. He earned Got a big paycheck. The respect to Sean O'Malley, the respect of the fans. Those next 27 seconds, I'm sure it might have been something for him, maybe, like a slight... Uh, badge of honor for him say i went the distance with sean o'malley it doesn't matter yeah you proved your point you more than proved it yeah, he didn't exactly. need to take any more damage there was no way he was winning that fight right in those last 27 seconds so uh, that's my thoughts on the stoppage i thought it was completely justified and um typically i'm someone that uh kind of goes the other way on a lot of those i tend to yeah. in a fight if a guy's not out, I tend to kind of be like, oh, they probably should have let it keep going. But right, this kid's chin was that's it one went... of the best. I one of the best displays of uh, taking shots I've seen in a long time. Crazy. So, uh, any final thoughts on that one?
1: No, it's time for Sean O'Malley to get a top fighter. That's yeah.
0: all. Yeah, that's that's definitely. I, I don't. He, he had a lot of callouts here. He called out about four different fighters. He called out Peter Young. Obviously, Rob Fott. Cody Garbrandt, and Dominic Cruz. Cody Garbrandt, uh, as was confirmed by John Morgan and Ali Abdelaziz, he's moving down to flyweight. Apparently he's got a fight already committed to for flyweight for some time later this year. So that fights out, even though that probably would be the most likely one of the four to happen. Then you got Font, who's a top five bantamweight. That ain't happening. So that's not going to happen. Peter Jan... Should still be champion. That's not going to happen. So you got Dominic Cruz, which is an interesting one. It is intriguing. I would, intriguing, love, I would yeah. love to see that fight stylistically, but Dominic Cruz turned down a call out from Cheeto Vera. Yeah,
1: he wants to fight because up. Because he
0: wants to fight up. And Sean O'Malley is outside of top 15. So yeah, I, I think Sean O'Malley maybe in a way wasted those call outs. I don't know. Um, I would like to see him fight a guy like Ricky Simone next or something like that. But I uh, still would
1: love to see that fight. I will say Ali Abdelaziz, obviously one of the biggest managers in the game, came out and tweeted Frankie wants that fight. Frankie Edgar and Sean O'Malley. So uh,
0: That's you know, the that fight.
1: Would, that would be huge. Uh, I, Sean's definitely not going to turn that down. And Frankie, we talked about this off recording, You know, he's been counted out time and time again. He welcomed or gave Yair Rodriguez at featherweight his first big challenge. And he absolutely pummeled Yair Rodriguez. So you never know what could happen there. It is a fun fight. Frankie's as tough as they come. And that would obviously be everything that Sean wants in terms of a name and a ranking. So uh, hey, could you imagine that
0: five round main event? That
1: Oh, or, yeah. Definitely have to do O'Malley on a main event, especially if that, it's Frankie. That would Edgar. be an amazing fight. Oh, yeah. Because
0: really, you could still look at Frankie Frankie Yeager when he fought Yair Rodriguez. That was four years ago. Yeah. A lot's changed for Frankie since then. But what he was best at in that Yair Rodriguez fight was when he got that fight to the ground. He kind of bullied yeah. Yair in the
1: cage. And that's There's where people want to see Sean tested.
0: Yeah, and Frankie still has that. Yeah. Even if his chin is softened up and he can't quite take the punches anymore, the guy still has that kind of grinder,
1: yes. uh,
0: bully, bit in the cage mentality. And uh, I would be interested to see how that fight would go. Yeah. for Sean, you got to think, this is a guy who's been knocked out a couple times in the last few years pretty brutally. Yeah. Like, he's going to be like, and it's a huge name, former champion. It's a great name to add to your, to your resume.
1: Sean will come out and do something wild for sure. Yeah, yeah. for sure.
0: So uh, let's get into the rest of this card because, man, a lot of fights that we could have put on here that we didn't. But we'll start with the co-main event because I kind of – I skipped it for the headlines. I felt like the three fights we talked about were more noteworthy. Um, This fight, though, I didn't think it was too bad. It was fine. Mm -mm. Gilbert Burns gets a unanimous decision win over Stephen Thompson. And unfortunately for Gilbert, the fact that he won is why it wasn't a headline. Because really, this is just a win to get Burns back on track. Yeah, If, if, If he wasn't a particularly exciting fight, I thought it was fine. Uh, Burns did what he had to do. He got the fight to the ground, um, which was it's surprising. It's no easy task. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, this fight, obviously, just there was a lot riding on this fight for Stephen Thompson, and we'll talk about that a little bit. But we'll start with Gilbert Burns. Good win for him. But due to the fans' re- relative, I guess, disinterest in this fight, and really even Dana White said afterward, like, yeah, that fight sucked, you know. Did Gilbert Burns really make up any ground here in terms of a of a maybe future rematch with Kamaru Usman? Because mm. I, I really think that he kind of just held – it was kind of a stagnant – Like I, he just held his ground.
1: Yeah, that, that's what it felt like to me. I mean, he's still one or two more wins away from another title shot for sure, especially Probably. with how he lost to Kamaru.
0: Even though, like, um. he did he did give Kamaru a good run for his money, and I'm tired of hearing people say he got dominated. It's not – not accurate, but yeah, um, I agree with you. I think he's at least two fights away from.
1: Yeah, and I do, I do think he had a really good call out, though. Not a fight that's probably likely to happen, but it, Jorge was in the building and acknowledged him, and he called out Mazvidal. I don't hate it at all. I mean, if you're Burns, what do you have to lose by calling out him? So uh, I do like the call out. Nevertheless, he's still a top level elite welterweight. We do know that it's no easy task to take Wonder Boy down, and he managed to do that two of the three rounds. It was a close fight I had at one-to-one going into the third. Wonderboy rocked Gilbert in that third round very good, but Gilbert was able to withstand and get the takedown and grind it out. So uh, hats off to Gilbert for getting back into the win column, but still, again, a couple wins from another title fight. Uh, But I don't doubt he can get those wins. Uh, But I guess we should talk about Wonderboy now, huh?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, I just want to say, though, in the lead-up, this fight was being really overlooked on this card. I mean, yeah,
1: isn't that crazy?
0: It's the coming event. I mean, I know all all the hype was really on that main event, but it felt like, I mean, even like the Shadow O'Malley fight, it felt like was uh, yeah. being given a little bit more shine. Just fight, I mean, it was a very high-level fight, but uh, both guys that didn't have any bad blood for one another, both just really nice guys. Um uh, and ultimately, that carried over to the cage and the way the fight went. It really just felt like this is going to be a fight that's kind of forgotten for a lot of people. Yeah, it. probably you know, it will. And a lot of it, and it comes down to the fact that Gilbert Burns won because we knew what was riding on this fight for Steven Thompson. Yeah, win here could have put him in line for a title shot. Before the fight, I would have gone as far to say it would have, but in retrospect, now that the fights occurred. If that fight had gone basically the way it did, but maybe Gilbert Burns doesn't get a takedown in the third round, Steven Mm -hmm. wins the round or whatever, but otherwise, just a kind of whatever fight. Do you think Steven Thompson would have even been able to get a title shot off of that? Because it was, I mean, it was an okay fight, but nothing really, uh,
1: nothing that anybody's really going to remember in a week from now. Yeah. I feel like he maybe could have done enough to earn it, but not hop over like a Colby or Leon, yeah, no, if that makes sense. No. So he would see, have been waiting a while, you know. See, I didn't,
0: good. I didn't think. Uh, I really didn't think there was a chance for him to leap anybody, regardless. Maybe Leon, because um, <laughs> poor Leon just yeah, poor guy, to break. But uh, all right, Stephen Thompson, he loses here. I think that shuts the door on a uh, any kind of title, title shots. shots. Yep. but um. What is next for him? Because he didn't no, – no retirement talk. He's obviously still wanting to fight. Doesn't want to be a gatekeeper. Who do you put with him next?
1: Bilal Muhammad. That's what I would do. Um, Bilal coming off the win against Damian Maya. not the most exciting fight there, but still a guy with a decent following. He's in the top ten. He's trying to work his way up. And I just don't think there's any other matchups you could do for Thompson. I mean, he's already beaten Masvidal. I don't think that fight makes any sense, and Masvidal's too big of a draw. You know, Luke and Chiesa are fighting one another. Maybe Neil Magny, but I think a bigger name right now with more momentum would be Bilal, a, you know, a prospect, again, with a big name, would be a relatively good test for Thompson. Uh, I don't see him retiring. Like you said, it seems like he still has that fire. He did say he doesn't want to be a gatekeeper, but that's kind of the position he's found himself in after losing, so – um,
0: I hate the Bilal Muhammad fight. I'm gonna be honest. I, I, you know what? I feel kind of bad. I feel like I'm just gonna hate any fight that has Bilal Muhammad in it. I'm just yeah, like, yeah, I understand. Here we go. But um, no disrespect, Bilal, you're a great. You seem like a great guy. But I actually think the fight that makes the most sense is the Jorge Masvidal fight. And uh, and here's why. I get it. Masvidal is a big draw, and Stephen Thompson's not really that. But. Mazvidal said that he wants that win back. Not true. Like, true. He wants it back. And I know that there was a lot of like, if I want when if when he was talking about beating Camaro Usman, and that he said his first
1: um, defense, his
0: first defense would have either been Nate Diaz or Steven Thompson. Yeah. That says a lot to me that like he wants the Stephen like a Steven Thompson fight where he can get that win back. It's a good point. I think now would be a good time for those two to run it back. I know that Masvidal is a big name, but let's be honest, over the past year, has he really done anything to keep that superstardom?
1: Or make it any bigger? Yeah,
0: I don't think it's gotten any bigger. and Maybe it hasn't dropped off necessarily, but
1: maybe it has. So do you just co-main a pay-per-view with them probably?
0: You either co-main or you give them their own fight night. Probably co-main a pay-per-view.
1: I I was going to say, Jorge still... Maybe yeah. too big for a fight night headliner. I yeah, don't maybe
0: know. I'm overlooking a stardom still. I just feel like this past, ever since the DS fight, like after that, like it just yeah. feels like he's not really done anything to, or after Fight Island, I should say. Right. He's not really done anything to, you're only as good as your last performance. And it feels like, you know, he hasn't really done a whole lot to keep himself relevant with fans mm-hmm. and stuff.
1: Regardless.
0: That's the fight I want to see. Um, I I know it might not make sense to you, but to me, I feel like there's reason for it to happen. Mm-hmm. Due to the, I mean, Masvidal seems very picky about what fights he's going to take. It has a storyline built in where Masvidal wants it back. He wants that win back. It's a loss that he feels like he, he's grown a lot since and can kind of come back from it. Right. So uh, for that reason, I think it'd be a fun fight and, Neither guy is going to be fighting for a belt, but they can make some good money together.
1: Fair play. I don't hate it at all.
0: Following that one, we're going to go to our prelims. Your Prelims were banging. Your fight of the night
1: pick, mm, Michelle Pereira,
0: gets that unanimous decision win over Nico Price. This fight was nuts. I mean, <laughs> did anybody think anything, <laughs> it was going to be anything different? Yeah, it was, insane. This fight was This fight was awesome. It was really fun. Um, you know, I, I wasn't scoring the rounds like I usually do. So were you surprised that Pereira got the win? Cause I actually, in my head, no. I, was like, oh. I was like, I was like, based on the way that fight was going, I almost thought Nico was going to get the win there,
1: but, um, yeah, I, I can't remember what I had it scored, but. Michelle had the bigger moments and hurt Nico badly, first and second true. round. But then as the second round was coming to a close, Nico started to come on. And then the third round, Nico was going off. I mean, the sense of urgency to get the finish was there. And he was hurting Pereira, and he just never whimpered. Neither one of these guys. It's You literally have to like put them to sleep, or you're going to just have to grind out a decision against them because they're not just going to go down easy for you it lived up to all the hype. Everyone expected it to be this crazy. And it was, um, of course, um, Michelle gets the win on the judges scorecards, but neither guy's stock uh, goes down. I think they both go up truthfully. And I will say now Perez's gas tank is still questionable, but seeing him be more patient these last couple fights, you see some more potential, you know? So, uh, and I still think he's a massive welterweight, by the way. This dude could easily be a middleweight. He is. Huge. I don't know how he makes 170 pounds. I
0: don't know how he does it. Because
1: he was definitely 200 pounds last night, easily. Yeah. Um, but I do like seeing more patience out of him. This is a guy that's still like 28 years old but has like 37 fights or something crazy. He's the
0: oldest crazy. looking 28 years old I've <laughs> ever seen.
1: It's crazy. So um, seeing more patience out of him is exciting because you're always going to be in a fun fight with him regardless. Uh, and he only did one flip. Last night, which is cool, uh, it was a very crazy. Flip his foot landed on Nico's face. Is that illegal? I don't know, but I liked it. Um, so they're always in fun fights. This fight lived up to everything. What'd you think, man?
0: It was definitely illegal. Um, it's clear. <laughs> that was definitely illegal. I mean, that's uh, a stomp, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's. I saw even Nico's like, "What the fuck?" Like looking at the ref, and the ref didn't do anything. I'm like, "Okay, well, apparently this is a way to counteract those yes. rules." It's just a. Flip onto flip. your opponent. Um, yeah, it, it really was everything I thought it was gonna be. And I hate to say that like as if that like these guys deserve a lot immense credit because they they were expected to put on one of the most fun fights of the night, and they did. Yeah, you don't see a lot of times those fights don't live up, and, the, and I really True. was in my head trying to reserve my expectations because You saw Pereira in his previous outing with Chaos Williams. That more smarter approach led to less fireworks in that fight. Right. Pereira just, he definitely looked to uh, be playing it safer. I don't know what I'm trying to get at with that one. But uh, here, Nico definitely brought out the wild man in Pereira a little bit more. And it was a really fun fight. But yes, you're right. Pereira did still, he did fight with his head on. Outside of like doing flips, I mean, right, that's, right. That's the only part. <laughs> the it's Superman really punch dead. off the cage. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you can, uh, you can only take so much of the wild man out of Pereira, but yeah. he, can, he was lured right back into it. Yeah, it was fun. I, I for both guys, you know, they're always going to be in fun fights, so um, should have no problem getting matched up with
1: another fun fight. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: A little lower on the card, mm-hmm. Alia Tuperia gets the knockout of Ryan Hall four minutes forty seven seconds of round number one. The kids I'd a problem. Been, I had been wondering when this day would come, and it came. Yeah. Now, a lot of people might not agree with me on this, but I look at this like we finally saw someone expose. Mm-hmm. Ryan Hall. When I say finally, I don't mean like I've been hoping. Wait, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: I just mean like. Uh, I knew Ryan Hall had a very limited but elite skill set. Yes. And he, every fight, you know, those roles are like, that's what he does. He kind of refuses to stand and trade. He'll, he literally, he kind of, I saw someone say that he takes advantage of the fact that the UFC doesn't allow soccer kicks. Very <laughs> yeah.
1: True. true.
0: But, um, you know, it, for people watching, and you saw it in the octagon, he started getting booed a little bit. Yeah. It's a very confusing style to watch.
1: Yeah, it was crazy.
0: Um, But it it always looked so out there that you're like, this can't be that successful, right? There's got to be a limit to this. But we've yet to see it. He looked incredible against BJ Penn, Darren Elkins, among others. Here against Tuperia was a huge test for both of them. Tuperia 10-0 coming in, looking like the future of the sport. Yeah. Ryan Hall, 36, but we the fans have really bought into him as like this dark horse. Yeah. Like, guy who could maybe beat anybody in the division. And Tuperia just kind of slammed Shut that, that shit down. Shot. Yeah. Yeah. This was this was uh, not the best look for Ryan Hall here. Uh, he did, I think, 14, count them, in Minari rolls or whatever. I've you not called. rolled
1: that much in 23 years of life on earth.
0: And I think maybe one of them. Was somewhat yeah. successful, but yeah. Tuperia just was very composed. Didn't uh, get very impressive. Points, didn't get overzealous, and once he was able to land those shots, uh, he took. Oof. It didn't take many to put, put him Ryan to sleep. Yeah. yeah. What were your thoughts?
1: Well, Tuperia for being a 24 year old kid and being able to evade and get out of those roles and keep it on the feet, I was very very impressed with Elia seeing him just stay composed and when he found the opportunities to land shots he didn't shy away from him and he took him but was able to again evade get out of the submissions get out of the lake locks i was very impressed by him he's 11 and 0 now i think all of his wins are via finish this kid needs a top 15 opponent i think in the featherweight division nice. i know could be a hot take but arguably he just fought one anyway last night that didn't have a number and I know people Cubs? are going to be like, well, he didn't fight like a ranked fighter. I get it, but Ryan Hall before that is was essentially. Is
0: Cub Swanson ranked?
1: I think he is, like, tied for 15th. That would be a sick fight. There you go, Cub Swanson. That would be a really good fight. Uh,
0: I, I'd, I I, wouldn't be upset by it because Tuperia does look like he's going to be the future of this division yeah. of the sport. I mean, the guy's just a, so well-rounded.
1: Buzzsaw, yeah.
0: I honestly thought Ryan Hall might win this fight just because – like you're not going to see a fighter like ryan hall again after (laughs) after he retires i mean right it's so hard to fight him because he's willing to take the fight to those areas that most people might find it too they might have too much pride yeah to to just roll around and kind of hide from the 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 punches and stuff he just doesn't care he doesn't he recognizes like look i'm Look at he's like. Look at me. I, I look like I work at Best Buy or
1: something. And randomly threw in like five spinning wheel kicks. By the way, randomly. Yeah, he's really too. good. He
0: he's he's not completely like yeah. out of his element on
1: the feet. It's just, yeah.
0: Um, you know, he recognizes where he's going to win a fight at. Exactly. Tries to everything he can to get it there, and it's very weird to watch if you're if you're someone who's oh,
1: uh, if you, if you tell, were new last or on Saturday night, you were like, what the? And you hell can tell the, the
0: fans in the the arena, yeah. Booing the shit out of him, too. Yeah, I, I definitely think Tuperia top 15
1: makes yeah, sense. Yeah, he's a stud, man. Bright future.
0: Last one here that opened up our prelims. Not the early prelims, but Drickus DuPlessis. Wow. KOs Trevor Giles in round two, a minute 41 seconds in. What a fight. This was the battle of prospects. Mm-hmm. Giles looked great early. Yeah, he did. You know, I like Giles' movement a lot. You know, keeps his, ha- keeps his hands a little low. But I always like it when guys can do that effectively, where they can use their movement to get it to evade shots rather than having to kind of turtle up. Because DuPlessis was the opposite. He was coming in, has mm-hmm. that um, kickboxing background, so he came in with, like, the, yeah. the box uh, defense going on yeah. there. Um, and early Giles looked good, but... Uh, I don't really – actually, I'm kind of having a hard time recalling the action in
1: this fight, but I remember – Well, drinks utilized good grappling in the first round too. Thank you. That's
0: where yeah. I was. Because uh, Giles' is one kind of blemish throughout his UFC career has been when a fight gets taken to the ground. Yep. New Duplessis coming in has a great kickboxing background, but underrated grappling as well has finished many of his UFC fights mm. by submission. Gets the fight there. That's ultimately how he wins the round. And then the second round, you kind of think that's going to be the same. Like maybe Giles has the advantage on the feet. Yeah. Duplessis has the advantage on the ground. Oof. <laughs> Oof. A right across out of nowhere. Saw nobody mm. saw it coming. Put Giles out. Brutal knockout. And I still think both guys may one day be fighting for titles. But as I kind of thought, I, I thought Duplessis had maybe just a slightly higher ceiling. And he showed it here, man. A complete, yeah. complete performance out of him. Showed the grappling, showed the uh, ability on the feet, and gets a nice highlight reel KO win. I'm ready to see this guy fight, Tom.
1: I top. completely agree with you. I was going to say this time next year, we'd we'll be talking a top 10 contender for Jerkus. Yeah. He really is well rounded, carries power, but good grappling. And Trevin Giles ain't going nowhere either. Like you mentioned, still a high ceiling for him. But right now, where we're currently sitting, Drakus is just a little bit ahead. Yep.
0: Great fight, though. Any other fights you want to touch on before we uh, wrap this thing up? No, I
1: mean, not really. Uh, there were obviously a plethora of good fights. Max Griffin beat Carlos Condit. Jennifer Maya beat Jessica I. But uh, nothing huge, like, in terms of takeaways or anything.
0: Aldana. Aldana got a nice – Aldana looked great. Up.
1: Unfortunately, miss weight, or we would have probably talked about it a little more. But she looked damn good against Yana because I picked Yana going into that fight. <laughs> and Irene didn't even get touched. So shout out to Aldana as well.
0: Yeah, but that's going to wrap it up for the MMA weekend recap. Thank you all for joining us for today's episode. Let us know your thoughts uh, by leaving a voice message or by commenting on our social medias or on YouTube channel, whatever. Let us know your thoughts from Saturday's fight. Answer Dom's question about, uh, will the Poirier McGregor fourth fight or a, McGregor Diaz trilogy fight sell more
1: yeah
0: if near eyes at this moment let us know um, but until then i guess this is a two episode week correct Dom? right yeah so friday we'll be back with another recap
1: we got bellator back we got a title another fight preview. yeah this so we're going to
0: we're going to have a more diverse episode on friday not only ufc but also some bellator and we'll talk about anything else relevant going on but until then dominic Tell the good people where they can find you on social media.
1: You can find me on Twitter, on Instagram, at DCLE14. And you can, of course, more importantly, find the podcast on Twitter, on Instagram, at B-A-J underscore M-M-A podcast.
0: You can find me on Twitter and Instagram, at N-T-Baker underscore. If you go to my bio on either of those, there's a link to the link tree. Uh, It has all the platforms that the podcast is on, along with social media, Platforms, so you can find us anywhere and any anywhere and everywhere. Ooh, yes, Linktree. <laughs> but uh, that's it. We're out, and we're gonna see y'all on Friday.